We are a nation of regulations, a land of rules made by political fools. But here at Raw Law, you will learn the laws you can use and the laws that amuse. In New York for 40 years, I've represented every type of client from regular guys to top-level wise guys, so this ain't my first rodeo. We'll get to today's podcast in half a tick, but first, a brief and very necessary disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not offer specific legal advice for your situation. For that, you need to get your own lawyer in your jurisdiction. No attorney-client privilege is here and created, and your listening to this podcast is your agreement with and acknowledgement of that fact. Greetings and welcome to Episode 9 of Raw Law, which is the second part of our series, Saving Divorce Legal Fees. Now, this episode is information-dense, so it's recommended that you take notes or at least play this episode several times so you get familiar with the information you need to save big bucks on your divorce legal fees. Here is today's reality. Marriage rates are down significantly, which also means divorce rates are down significantly because if you aren't married, the risks of getting divorced are pretty damn low. Now, that reality means that the existing group of divorce lawyers are out chasing fewer and fewer cases, and that means they have to be open to some negotiations on savings for their clients so those attorneys can continue to make the payments on their leased Mercedes. Many, if not all, states require that a divorce attorney provide a client with a written retainer agreement, which, among other things, explains fees charged, client responsibilities, attorney responsibilities, and what happens if the client doesn't pay up. Many of the terms in these agreements are mandated by the law of the jurisdiction where the divorce will take place, but most of the mandatory language protects the client. Okay, let's get into specifics and remember you should be taking notes. First of all, you need to know what the hourly rates for the attorney, any paralegals, and any secretary are going to be. Now, you might not be able to get these rates lowered, but there are things you can do to help make sure you aren't overcharged. Step one, regardless of what local law mandates, regardless of what the agreement says, you want to be billed at least monthly so you don't get hit with an unexpected bill bomb. Also, you will be able to determine, after you learn what's in this episode, whether or not it's likely you're getting hosed. It would be unlikely that an attorney would balk at doing this. In fact, he might prefer to bill you monthly. Step two, you want it written in the agreement that any bill must specify the date of work performed, the time elapsed in performing it, the attorney who performed the work, and what the work was. Again, most attorneys do this anyway, so there shouldn't be a problem, but as you will learn, ambiguous terms like legal research, file review, consultation, often show up in bills, and these just aren't good enough for you because these are major areas where your bills can be padded. I remember in one case when I was reviewing the legal bills for the opposition, as they were seeking to have my client paid, there was a four-hour entry for a court appearance on the date that was a national holiday and the courts were closed. Needless to say, I wound up getting my client legal fees. At the time, those four hours were charged for a total of $1,600. That for an appearance, which did not only not take place, but couldn't possibly have. Okay, now for step three. You want your attorney to provide you with copies of not only all the paper he generates, but all paper generated by the court in the opposition. Yes, he's going to charge you for making copies, but you know what? If your attorney gets himself killed, disbarred, or you wind up in a fee dispute with him, you have a complete file. You can take that complete file to a new attorney. 
Many jurisdictions provide that in the case of unpaid fees, an attorney has a retaining lien on the file, which in English means he gets to keep it until he's paid or the court orders otherwise. This could put you on a significant disadvantage if you are looking to move on to other counsel. If you have a complete file, his retaining lien isn't worth all that much. Now you want to try and negotiate down copying charges. You might want to ask that the first hundred copies of paperwork each month are either not charged or charged at a reduced rate. You also want to see if you can negotiate that you are not being charged secretarial time for making copies. You might be able to do it, you might not, but one thing for sure is it couldn't hurt the tribe. And if he's hungry for fees, you might just be able to pull it off. Step four, you want in the agreement that you will not be charged for two attorneys at the same time. Many times you'll see in a legal bill a charge for two attorneys' time consult with Joe Blow Associate regarding file. Tell your attorney none of that. None of that. See if you can get him to bill at the associate rate for those meetings, not his rate, and maybe he will charge his rate, not for associate time. Be firm on this point and let him know it's a deal breaker. If you were going to be charged double attorney time, you don't want to pay for his associate's training or getting up to speed. Step five, be aware that many attorney service enterprises exist that will serve legal papers, file papers with the court, obtain court orders, etc., making the attorney's life easier so he or his associates don't have to do that administrative crap. Of course, some attorneys will use an associate to do this stuff so he can bill up the associate's rate. You're not having that. You want it in the retainer that the attorney will make use of court services to perform filing services and the like instead of, a charge, instead of charging attorney time for such services, unless it is an emergency and you're the one to tell the attorney it's an emergency. Step six. You want it in the retainer that if the attorney is in court on multiple matters at the same day, you will only be charged for the time he spent in representing you. Some attorneys get cute with this and unethically and illegally bill all the files for all the time spent. Don't you fall for this. Step 7. Look in the retainer for an attorney's minimum charge for doing something on your file. Some of these whores want to charge a minimum of a quarter of an hour for every little thing, regardless of the actual time spent. Tell him from Jump Street, no fucking way. You will accept minimum charges of one-tenth of an hour no more. He makes a five-minute call. You get charged six minutes, not 15. It won't show up on the bill for less than the minimum one-tenth of an hour charge, however. Step eight. Make sure in the retainer that you are not charged legal time for reviewing your bills. Many retainers already have this, but check and make sure. And if it isn't there, get him to put it in the agreement. Okay, that's a lot of stuff to absorb in one podcast. So we're going to say ciao for now. And in the next episode, we'll be discussing how to spot possible padding in your legal bills because, folks, it definitely happens. Sometimes, not always. Before we say goodbye for good in this episode, remember you are going to want my ebook, How to Save Thousands of Dollars of Legal Fees in Your Divorce, which you can get for less than a buck from Amazon Kindle. Get it now. If you don't have a Kindle app for your device, it's free from Amazon. We'll talk soon. You have been listening to Raw Loa. Join our mailing list and be notified when a new podcast is available. Send email to rawlawinfo at gmail.com and put sign me up in the subject line. Thanks for listening.